want to talk to you about the presence of God. And this is something that the Lord has spoken to me uh, over the past couple of years and uh, changed my attitude, we'll say, about some things that uh, I, believe it or not, I used to be very critical, judgmental. In fact, when I was 25, I was omniscient. Uh, <laughs> I, I knew all things. And that's a heavy load to bear, but... I was, I was able to judge people. I had the gift of criticism. Uh, I, was, I was like that, believe it or not. I'm, I'm a puppy dog now, but I was like that. And I probably missed a lot of things in my spiritual walk. I just finished 50 years of walking with the Lord in November, my, my spiritual birthday. And over that, those 50 years, I can look back and think, man, how much have I missed that was there for me, but because of my attitude, I wasn't receiving everything God had because I was too smart. And I realize I might not be the only one that uh, has been infected with that thing. So I want to talk to you about that. And I, I'm going to go to an unusual scripture, but it really spoke to me. I want to read to you from John 12, 27, or start in John 12, 27, and we'll read through 30. John 12, 27, I'm in New King James. It says, Now my soul is troubled, Jesus is speaking. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. So he's about to enter into what we call his passion. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Now this is where it gets interesting. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said an angel has spoken to him. And Jesus answered and said, This voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. And as I read that, how many of you have read a verse and then 10 years later you read it and you think you've never seen it before? Right? Okay. Uh, I think we all do that. The Lord spoke from heaven, and at the end of the story, Jesus says, this voice didn't come for me, this came for you, and yet they didn't hear it, or, or they heard something. They didn't understand it. Some people thought it was about to rain. It, oh, it's thunder. And someone else thought, oh, that was too weird for thunder. Maybe an angel talked to him. But they didn't hear what God said, though God said it for them. Are you following me? It was just noise. And I thought, when I saw this, I thought, how dull can you be to be walking with Jesus? And God speaks to him. You hear him speaking to God, Father, glorify your name. I've glorified it. I will glorify it again. And all this is taking place, and the people that are right there with him don't get it. They don't hear it. I thought, how often have I missed the presence of God? How often have I missed the word of God when God was trying to speak? And as I, I started looking this up and started going through scripture and wondering, you know, is there more about this? I want to, I, I don't want to miss God. And I came to Matthew 13, 15. And I teach from this quite a bit, but Matthew 13, 15 says, For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Now, he's talking about the Jews, but this is relative to us. The hearts, our hearts many times have grown dull. 
their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should do what? Heal them. Wow. Uh, back in uh, March of 2020, i got to keep thinking what year are we in now and when did all this happen. March of 2020, I started at, at the men's advance at Andrew Womack Ministries. Uh, the last day of it, I just started feeling bad. And so I uh, went home from there. And then, the, I guess we can't use the C word. Is that, uh, th- that thing that happened, happened. Okay, as he put it. And everything was quarantined. Everything was shut down. And so I wasn't going to work. We were working from home and what have you and using videos and all this. And so I was not feeling well, but I wasn't being tested in terms of being in public and teaching and going and driving my car. And so I just passed it off. Whenever I don't feel well, I just usually just let it go. I just press on through. Don't I just keep going. But this wouldn't go away. And I started developing a cough and I had... Uh, weakness and other things that would kind of come and go. It's kind of like a cold that just wouldn't, I couldn't shake it. And uh, then one day, in, and this is now in May, uh, I've been going through this since sometime in March. Now we're in May, and I had a symptom, I won't describe it, but I had a symptom that I couldn't overlook. And I thought, well, my daughter works for a doctor, so I'll see if she can get me in to get checked out. So I went into the doctor and they asked me a bunch of questions and took a blood test. And that was on a Monday. On Thursday, I went to school to teach live stream the, the campus days meeting, if you're familiar with the Karis at all. And so typically, it's filled with 1,000, 2,000 people. This time, it's like four people. Uh, Andrew Womack is in the front row, and uh, my son was there. And so I'm preaching a live stream on campus days. And the next day, and then after that, we, I had lunch with Andrew in the green room, and we talked about healing. Little did either of us know I was dying. And I got, so I get a phone call the next day and uh, from the doctor. They said, Barry, we just looked at your blood test, and you need to stop what you're doing right now. Go to the emergency room right now. So what's up? I said, your liver is not working. Your pancreas is not working. Your numbers are off the chart. You need to go right now. So off we go to the emergency room, and they do x-rays and scans, and I can't even remember everything. And so doing all that for a couple hours, and they admit me into the hospital. And, and then the admitting doctor comes in, looks at my stuff, and I, I'll try, try not to cry. I, I have become very emotional in the last couple of years. But uh, he walks in and looks at that, and he says, I don't know, Mr. Bennett, I don't know if you're a man that likes to make plans, but you need to make some. You need to get your affairs in order. So what's up? He says, well, you have a giant, and I, I learned a lot of these things later as time went on. They didn't tell me everything right at the front, but I had a giant softball-sized tumor on my pancreas, uh, and my pancreas had quit. My liver had quit. I was being poisoned to death with bile, uh, turning yellow. The day I preached, I, was, I noticed I was turning yellow. I thought, well, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I keep going. And uh, the tumor had hemorrhaged. I was bleeding internally. And there was all, you know, there's just a ton of stuff going on. And so they had to, the minute he said, I don't want to go into all the medical details. It's too long and too yuck. But uh, the minute he said, get your affairs in order, 
I thought, well, this is a surprise. I wasn't expecting to die anytime soon. Uh, I had peace about it because I'm ready to go. But I wasn't aware that I was going now. And within five minutes of hearing those words, the Spirit of the Lord, I can sense, I've learned over the years, even in spite of my critical youth, I've learned to, to sense the presence of God. And something quickened in me. The Spirit of God quickened me. Barry, you will not die from this. Within five minutes of being told I was going to die, I got that. And that was the peace that passes understanding. You know when Jesus says, my peace I leave with you, not as the world gives. I thank God that my heart wasn't hardened, that my ears weren't dull of hearing. Because he says, let me read this to you again, Matthew 13, 15. It says, for the heart of this people has grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. How many things have we missed that might have saved us from something? He says, their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Healing is a function of hearing. It says in Luke 5.15, they came to hear him and to be healed. A lot of people listen, but very few people hear what the Lord is saying. And if I had not, I was again talking with Ben in the car on the way over here, I learned, and we know theologically there are three levels of life, spirit, soul, and body. We know that. I know that doctrinally. I teach that. It's something I knew, but now I know it in a different way. Because I went through a year of this battle with this, with this cancer. I lost 30 pounds, if you can imagine. <laughs> lost all my hair twice, uh, every hair in my body. Uh, I looked like a prisoner of war cadaver. But uh, So I went through a bunch of stuff. It wasn't fun, but I learned that the soulish level, my soul was up and down. My, I was emotional. I would cry about everything. I was, I was angry. I was cranky. That's one thing I asked my son, uh, what do you remember about me uh, when I was going through that? And he said, you were really cranky. I said, okay. Uh, but I was. I was not happy. I'm not a happy patient. I don't, I don't enjoy that at all. Uh, so my soul was all over the map. My body was all over the map. Uh, you know, losing the weight not wanting to eat, hating food, not liking what, what I'm eating. and everything, you know, everything was on those two levels. It was not pretty. But I had a spiritual level. We all have, but many people have not lived from there before. All they live from is their soul and their f- flesh, their emotions, their, the tangible sensory things they live by every day, uh, getting offended, not liking this, not liking that. Everything is all, the, all on that soul-flesh level, and they never develop their spiritual life. And so when the Lord speaks, they don't hear it, though he spoke for them. Is this making sense? Good. I learned that living on the Spirit, the, from my Spirit, though the other things were going on, I'm not denying that, but I had someplace else to go. I could go to the peace that passes understanding. I could go to the word of God that says, you're not going to die from this. You're going to live. And from that place of peace and from having been able to hear that word or hear spiritually, you understand, I hope, what I'm saying, not an audible voice, but a quickening in my spirit. 
I was able to survive and live. And then God began to, to show me how to live for the future. And I began to plan for the future. I began to plan Christmas as we lost Christmas that year because of everything that went on. Uh, trying to obey the pastor here. And, uh, we, and so I planned a big Christmas. I planned a vacation for my wife and I. And I kept seeing myself, I will teach again. I will preach again. And I would see myself on the platform at Kerrison. And I just kept the future in front of me. And I've told people before, I, I got on Amazon and I would buy things I could not use until I was healed. And some of it, I wonder now why I bought it. But uh, some of it was drug-related, no doubt. You know, that looks nice. I'll buy that. Uh, but So anyway, I've got stuff at home that I still haven't used. But uh, some of it I did, but it, was, it served its purpose. It gave me a vision for the future. I am going to do this. I'm going to go there. I'm going. I was living for my spirit because I was able to sense the presence of God in that hospital bed, in that hospital room. How many Christians that I know have been in those same situations, and all they had to draw on was their soul and their flesh, and they died because they could not sense the spirit or the presence of God Though he is speaking, his word is alive and active. He's not waiting to speak. He's speaking right now. But you're only in tune with what feeds you. What are we feeding on? We're only going to be in tune. We're only going to be sensitive to what we feed on. And if all we feed on is the news, and all we feed on is politics, and all we feed on is entertainment, and all we feed on is sports, and we know everything about everything, in those, in those areas, and God is speaking, but you're not hearing, and then you have a, a you're going to die moment, or something else is going on in your life or family, and you, why did God let this happen? God's been trying to tell you, but you haven't been listening, and that was the biggest question. God, how did this sneak up on me? How did I get to two days from death? How did that happen? Obviously, I wasn't listening. Because I'm sure he was trying to tell me, but I was too busy being a minister. Are you catching what I'm saying? We can be so busy about what we know about God and what we think we know and busy doing the things of God or whatever you do in life that you're not sensitive when the Spirit of God quickens you. Something's really wrong. And thank the Lord I, was, I got real sensitive when they said, get your affairs in order. Suddenly, I'm sensitive, okay, <laughs> to the voice of God. And praise God, I could hear it. I grew up in uh, a number of years in Riverside, California as a, as a boy. Uh, my sixth grade, seventh, eighth, ninth, and eleventh grades were all spent in Riverside. Um, I was a competitive swimmer, so I swam all the time, 365 days a year. I'm in the water swimming. Go to a lot of swim meets. And... At this one major swim meet in a, in a covered place somewhere in Southern California, I don't remember where it was. We were at this big swim meet, lots of teams. So I'm sitting in the stands waiting for my time to go down and prep and get ready for my event. And so I'm in the stands with my mom. She was with me. And she says, Barry, Barry, look. Look over there. I said, what? And there's this lady sitting three or four rows in front of us. She says, do you know who that is? I'm looking at the back of her head. And I, you know, no, I don't. That's Esther Williams. I said, who? 
Esther Williams, the movie star. Well, now I know that Esther Williams was very famous in the 40s and 50s for all these swimming movies and Million Dollar Mermaid and all this kind of stuff. And so that's my mom's generation. And she recognized Esther Williams, the back of her head, for crying out loud. She recognized her. And I had no clue because I'm not in tune with that. I don't feed on that. That's not my life, so I'm not seeing that. I could walk by Esther Williams 50 times, and I would never know. But years later, as an adult, married now with my wife, I, we're going walking through the Dallas-Fort Worth airport, and I see a guy dressed in an orange sh Hawaiian shirt, orange pants, orange patent leather shoes, and a baseball cap that says Beach Boys on the front. I said, Betty Kay, you know who that is? No. That's Mike Love, the lead singer of the Beach Boys. I grew up in Southern California in the 60s. That's Mike Love of the Beach Boys. And so I'm all excited, you know, because I like the Beach Boys. And so we're going through security, and he's in front of me, and he goes on through. And then I walk up to the security guard and I say, you know who that was? And he says, yeah, I think that's Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> no, that's Mike Love. But see, you recognize what you're in tune with. You recognize what feeds you. And many times we're not hearing God because we're not being fed by God. We're not feeding on the Word of God. We're not in a place of communion or fellowship with Him. And then when something goes wrong, we say, well, why did God let that happen? Well, He was trying to tell you. But we're not feeding on Him enough to know when He's speaking. These people heard the voice of God. Is it going to rain? That's pretty dull. And yet we're not really, if we're honest, many of us are in that same place. What was that? <laughs> yeah, what was that? I didn't get it. Did anybody get it? <laughs> okay. All right. Yes, Lord. Okay. In John, let's go to John 1. John 1, 10 and 11. It says, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Well, that's dull. He is the creator, the sustainer of all things, and he walks into his creation, and no one recognizes him. They don't know him. They reject him, in fact. One time, Andrew, years ago, when we had the other building at Elkton, for those of you that are familiar, down in the Springs, uh, Andrew came to his own conference, and there was a new security guard, and they had the doors locked until a certain hour, so before the people could come in, and the security guard was new and did not know Andrew and Jamie, his wife, and he would not let them in. <laughs> well, I'm Andrew. You know? <laughs> Nobody gets in. <laughs> so as I understand the story, well, he doesn't work there anymore, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, but that, that would be like Andrew walking through the building and, and, and wanting to give instructions to people, and people just ignore him. And I realize churches many times, not this one but other ones, people can be so dull. If Jesus walked in and sat down in front of you, you would say, move, I can't see. <laughs> it would be Jesus. But we can be so dull because we are so caught up on the other two levels of life, soul and flesh. That's where we're feeding. 
We're watching every movie. We're watching all the news. We're watching all the stuff. We're just feeding, 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 not to mention food, okay? We're, our lives revolve around these things, and God wants to tell you things. God wants to heal you. God wants to speak to you. God wants to deliver you from the things that you're going through. But are you in tune with him? Are you hearing him? Praise the Lord. Many miss him because they are trying to perceive him with their minds and their logic. A lot of people miss God because they're trying to intellectually understand every little thing. I was like that. I wanted to know everything, and I was ready to debate anybody about anything, anytime. And I would debate, and I was good at it, and I can slice and dice. And it served no purpose whatsoever because in all of that, I was stressed out. I've got to prove they're wrong and I'm right. And no life was being transferred from one of us to the other. It was just debate. It was just fruitless, worthless, time-wasted. I wasn't getting built up. They weren't getting built up. We were both getting cut down. Or whoever, you know, this, a lot of this is online and stuff like that. And I have retired from debate. Oh, mm-hmm. praise God. I'm so free. And I don't have to be right, and you don't have to like me, and I don't have to care. Amen? <laughs> <laughs> It's very freeing. Some, lots of people like me, and some people, believe it or not, don't. <laughs> and that used to really bother me. And now it doesn't, because I know we're all at different places. But I want to be sensitive to the Word of God. I want to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. I don't want to miss God while I'm busy fighting somebody about how right I am about God. Get it? Yeah. All right? So we miss him because the Pharisees were all about intellect and logic and questions, theological questions. And, and, and here he heals someone on a Sabbath. They can't do that. And they said, I can't believe you did that on a Sabbath. Like they could do it any other day. No, they <laughs> And yet that's the point they pick on. Oh, but you did it on the Sabbath. As if, if you'd only done it tomorrow, it'd be all right with us. No, they were against everything because they were trying to do this intellectually, logically, theologically, trying to know God. How many of us try to just simply know him theologically to be able to answer these questions? And what about this and what about that? But the major question is, are you hearing him? Is your spirit in tune with him? What are you feeding on? Debate? Or are you feeding on the living word of God? It says in Proverbs 3.34, Surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. Think of the stories we have in the New Testament. Blind Bartimaeus, son of David, have mercy on me. The woman with the issue of blood, coming up behind Jesus, a crowd is jostling Jesus. We don't know how many people, but quite a few. He's being touched continually, and yet he sensed one person that touched the hem of his garment because he could sense the power go. How, how did she receive? She was humble. How did Bartimaeus receive? How did, why did Jesus stop in the middle of walking with this crowd of people and he hears a blind beggar, though there is a crowd around him, he hears a blind beggar, son of David, have mercy on me, and he calls him, no one else, and he says, what do you want me to do for you? How many would you like to hear that God say that for you? Well, he is, but are you hearing it? 
It's alive right now. The Word of God is alive and active right now. The presence of God is here right now. But are we hearing Him? Hopefully you're hearing Him through me or in spite of me, that you're hearing Him. Those are the words that heal you. Those are the words that give you life. Praise God. In James 4.10, it says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. But humility means you're going to have to choose to live on a different level. It's not that you don't have flesh, and it's not that you don't have an emotional soul and all this stuff going on. We all have that. I had that for this year. I mean, I still have it, but I, for that year, they, they tried to dominate me. My flesh tried to dominate me. My soul tried to dominate me. But I had the Spirit of God inside of me where I had absolute peace. not afraid to die. But when God says, I'm not going to, then I want to live because there's still more for me to give. One thing he said to me during that time, if you have more to give, you have a reason to live. And I have more to give. I have more to do. And so here I am. But it's because I can sense the presence of God in my spirit. And that's why I was able to get through this. Are y'all getting anything from this? We have so many filters. I want to be wary of the time, but we have so many filters that keep us from hearing God. We have our bank account filter. We have the doctor's report filter. We have politics filter. We have all that world. We have whatever's going on in our marriage, whatever's going on with our kids. We have all of these things that we put above hearing from God. And then we want to know why God doesn't rescue us when we call 911 Holy Spirit. And what, 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 where's God? Doesn't God care? Yeah, God was caring long before these things took place, but nobody was listening. Nobody was sensitive to the voice of God. The Lord woke me up back in September on a Saturday morning, woke me up early with a story that I had completely forgotten that took place when we lived in Chile Back in 1990, 1991, we were missionaries in Latin America for over 12 years. And I had forgotten this story. And for some reason, the Holy Spirit just quickened it to me this past September. And I woke up remembering this thing in detail. That when I used to walk downtown, we lived for a few years in Concepcion in the south of Chile. It was a town of about 500,000 people, city. And I would walk downtown to do errands, and I would walk through the busy streets. And if you're familiar with Latin America, everybody's a pedestrian. I mean, it's just everybody's walking, doing everything. Uh, it's not like here where you never see people walking on the sidewalk. And so everything is, is in the streets. And so I'm walking through the streets. Well, I'm taller than the average Chilean. And so I can be seen from a block or two away. And there's a crazy lady in Concepcion, famous crazy lady, that lives in the streets, homeless, wild hair, ra dressed in rags, and filthy, and, and famous for throwing rocks at buses. I mean, I was once on one of those buses, and she would take all her clothes off and jump in the fountain, and, and, and she was always getting arrested, and it was just, she was nuts. And she liked me. <laughs> and she would see me. <laughs> and she would run after me when I was walking downtown, and she, Hoven, Hoven, which young man, young man. And so I would stop because I'm a nice guy. And I'd turn around and the people on the sidewalks would split like the Red Sea. 
because they know this woman. They know what she's capable of. She's famous. And I would talk to her. Her name was Mireya. And I'd say, hola, Mireya, como estas? How are you doing? And she would talk to me, and I forget what we talked about. But it, this became a recurring event. And, and people would walk by, and they would shake their finger at me, don't talk to her, and they would hold their noses and all this stuff. And I would talk to her. And then we would go on our separate ways, and I would do whatever I was doing downtown. And this went on for months. Every time I was down there, and I would look around to see if I could see her, but I knew she could see me. If she's there, she'll see me. And sure enough, hoven, hoven from a block and a half away, and I could hear her bare feet, you know, pounding on the pavement. So I'd talk to her, and the people would split like the Red Sea, you know. Well, one day I was downtown, and I had to do errands, and I heard her voice. And I thought, I don't have time for this. And so I could hear her catching up. She's running down the street. So there's a big bank. There's on, I'm on a corner, and there's a big bank on the corner. And I, I, I'm going in the bank. So I went, opened the door and went in the bank. And I don't have any money in that bank. Or any bank. But anyway. <laughs> but I got in line. I got in line in the bank. <laughs> because, and then I, I kind of out of the corner of my eye, I can see her pressed up against the glass outside. Hoven, <laughs> hoven. And, and so uh, there's a point to this story. <laughs> so I'm in line, so I'm getting closer and closer. I'm thinking either I'm going to have to open an account or somehow sneak out of here. <laughs> so I noticed that she got distracted for a second. And so there's two doors, one with the one I came in, but on the other street, there's another one. So I quickly went out the other door and started down the street. She saw me. <laughs> she turns the corner, sprinting down the street, hoven, hoven. And so I stopped. And I said, hola, Mireya, como estas? What, what do you want? How are we doing? And she says, I want to give you a gift. <laughs> and she had this filthy bag, plastic kind of grocery bag thing. And she reached out, <laughs> reached out and pulled out a roll of toilet paper. It was wrapped <laughs> still. <laughs> she wanted me to have the toilet paper. I want you to have this. Thank you, Medea. You never know. Thank you. <laughs> In Latin America, you never know where you're going to find toilet paper. So anyway, that could be a useful gift. But, and so we talked for a few minutes, and she left. And then the Lord spoke to me on, on a Saturday morning back in September. He says, do you know why she wanted to give you a gift? I said, no. Because she sensed my presence in you. And I thought, how can a crazy woman sense the presence of God and then I remember the story of the man with legion. He ran toward Jesus and bowed down and got delivered. It wasn't the demons running to Jesus. It was the man sensed the presence of God. And I thought, how often do we miss the answer? that we so theologically know is out there and we want it and, and we question God and then we get into debates, why didn't God do this and why didn't God do that or why did God let that happen? 
And I'll tell you, it's because we aren't hearing him, though he is speaking. Because we are feeding ourselves on so many other things. And we're filling ourselves with life, whether good or bad, whatever. I understand being busy. But are you feeding on the things of God? Are you feeding on the word of God? Are you, do you have a real fellowship with him? Is, are you even concerned about these things? Or are you going to wait until they say, get your affairs in order? Then it might be too late if you haven't been tuned in. What are you tuned into? I'm preaching to me because I went through this. So I thank God I was able to hear him. And this, I ended up having non-Hodgkin lymphoma and, and the tumor miraculously, I mean, the, the, the doctor went into my wife after they had done a camera tour through my inner man, uh, through my mouth and my throat, had several of those. Um, and he told my wife, he says, I want to thank you for letting me be part of this miracle. This was a softball-sized tumor, and it's gone. And other things uh, happened, but I am completely healed, cancer-free, no drugs, no special diet, no nothing, and my hair came back a little darker. <laughs> so my, my youth, finish it for me is renewed like the eagles. I feel better than ever, and I feel better than ever on a spiritual level too because I heard God. Now, I hear God all the time about revelations and things I teach and all of that, but that was a life and death moment when I needed to hear. And he was speaking, but what if I was freaking out? What if I was, oh my God, I'm going to die? What if I was going that route? I wouldn't have heard. I thought, was that thunder? Though the voice was there, they didn't hear it. And he says, these people have grown dull of heart. They're not hearing me. They're not seeing. They won't open their eyes. I would heal them if they would just hear me. His word, he sent his word to heal us. Psalm 107, verse 20. Amen. I'm going to read one more scripture. The, uh, what's your name? James. James, you, you already did this. So I forgive you. But uh, in Psalm 1611, Psalm 1611, it says, you will show me the path of life. That's pretty to read, but it's real for me. Is it real for you? Because I, we can get so busy, we go through life, and we don't think about God until it's too late. And then we're all ears. But what if, you don't, what if you aren't tuned in? What if you don't know how to hear? It says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Amen. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Well, I'm walking in... I'm walking in that joy. And I'm walking in those pleasures because I've been in his presence. And I would invite you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, start reading the gospels, start reading the word, start read Psalm 23 until it makes sense to you, until you see that's for you. But get into his presence and make that what you're tuned into. 
so that if Jesus walks by, and how am I doing? I've got one more thing to share, but if Jesus walks by, you won't say, hey, get out of my way, I can't see. But you'll realize, this is the last thing I want to share with you. There are four kinds of his presence. There is the omnipresence of God. He's everywhere. But there is the inner presence of God. He lives in us. Amen? In believers, he lives. He makes his abode in us. There is the corporate presence of God, where two or three are gathered in his name. Did you know he's here right now? But are you sensitive to that? That's the corporate presence. But then if you're sensitive to that, you can begin to see the manifest presence of God, where people start getting set free. They get healed. They get what things happen when there's the manifest presence of God because we're sensitive to the corporate presence of God and we've been feeding on the inner presence of God. And that's when things happen in our lives. And so often we miss all of that because we have so many filters. We don't like who God is using. We don't like the speaker. Okay? I know that's not true today, but in some... <laughs> Some places, sometimes, we, I have not liked the speaker. And when I didn't like the speaker, I was shutting off the potential for the presence of God. I don't like the music. I don't like the lighting. I don't like the plants. I, look, I don't like this. I don't, and we go in with all of this stuff that is hindering us recognizing God is there. If two or three are gathered in his name, he's there. His word is alive. He doesn't, he doesn't turn it on and off. And we could be hearing and getting what we need if we would stop criticizing everything. Amen? Is that, that's not too hard, is it? No, bring it. Amen.